Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Off the Bench. My name is Mike File. I'm with FFL Allegiance. So uh, I think when Frank started this, he kind of envisioned off the bench is kind of telling people their their story and what where they were and the path that they took to, to get on involved and, and get into the mortgage business. So that's what I'll, I'll do today and kind of explain exactly what I went through and what the process was. Um, get, coming out of high school, I worked just regular corporate America job. I worked for a collection agency and I did that for some time. Now, within that, that, that job, I had many different roles, started out just as a collection agent, uh, went up to a manager, and then became operations director of that, that company. Um, during that time, I was, I was going to college. You know, I'm just like everyone else. We're all told to uh, go to college and then graduate from college and get a good job. And back in those days, I didn't even really even know the word entrepreneur. I never even thought of being self-employed. Um, I was just really focused on on going to school and getting promotions in the job that I had, and I just kind of had aspirations of working in in corporate America and hoping that I could move up and allow that to make a change in my life and get make things better for for my family at that time. I was with my wife. We just had our our first child, and I was working full time, and then also going to college full time. I remember taking twelve. 12 credits a semester, sometimes 15 credits. And uh, all of that was just so I could get into debt and then hopefully get a raise at the the job that I had or maybe find another job and and really just continue to do that. I had no other aspirations of doing anything more than that. At that time, my wife was working and she was in the in the mortgage business. And she was, she was working that and she would always come home and kind of tell me what people were making, what type of income that they had. And back then, man, the most I was making was $80,000 a year. And so when my wife would come home and tell me about some of these mortgage loan officers and they were pulling in, you know, 200, 300, $500,000 a year, I was just like, how, you know, they're, they're my age. A lot of them didn't go to college. And then there'd be times where I'd be invited to Christmas parties or we would do some type of company function. And talking to some of these guys, I looked at my wife and I just said, these guys aren't any smarter than me. They're not doing any, anything more. I mean, they're doing less than what I do at work. I'm like killing myself. I'm working late, working a bunch of hours, just trying to get ahead. And, uh, you know, at that, when, when, when you have a job like that, your pay is guaranteed every, every other week. There really isn't anything more than you can do than that. You get some type of raise at the end of the year, but you're really not going to get ahead. So I remember coming home and, and telling my wife one day, I said, you know, I, I, I want to quit. You know, I'm going to leave this job. I've been here for man, it, it was 12, 12 years at that point. And I said, I, I need to, I need to do something different. I want to work with you. I want to work with these guys making all this money. And she said, but you've been going to college. You spent all this money on computer classes. You know, I was going to college for applied information technology at university of Baltimore. And I was also taking a bunch of courses. I was a Microsoft certified solutions developer and I was developing applications for the company as well. Did a lot of programming work. And uh, she goes, but you, you spent so much time. And I said, you know what, but th th that's okay. You know, I, I enjoyed what I was doing, but now I'm kind of at the end of that and I need to do something different. Um, so she, she kind of reluctantly said, okay, you can go ahead and do it. I started out doing it part-time. I was working for a very small mortgage company over in Rosedale. And uh, I was just doing that part-time. But I, I would leave. I would leave my my job. I would get off at four thirty. I would shoot straight there. I'd get there at five o'clock, and I was working till nine, ten o'clock at night. And I was doing that five days a week. 
I was working the weekends. I was doing everything that I could to learn the business. And uh, I, I did that. And then after like two months, for whatever reason, I don't remember what happened. It was a while ago, but the guy didn't want me there. Um, probably had to do with, you know, I come in, I'm loud, I'm boisterous and, you know, getting excited. And they, they, they probably didn't like it. So they made me leave. And then my wife made a couple calls and then got me another job. And I remember going to that other job and it was uh, very high paced. People were making a bunch of money. And then within the first, my first 30 days, um, part-time, I made 15000 And that was more than I was making at my job. And I immediately quit. And I remember everyone around me saying, you, you can't do that. You can't just quit your job. And even the people that were at that company, they were like, Mike, you know, it's, it's up and down. Nothing's guaranteed. We're 100% commission. And I said, I, I can do this. I said, I'm a very, very hard worker. I know that I can make this happen. So I walked in, put in my two weeks, and I left. I started in, in the mortgage business, and my first full month there, I made $25,000. Second month, made $30,000. Second month, made another $30,000. So basically, in the first 90 days, I made more than what I would make at an entire year at, at my job, and I loved it. You know, I loved being around the people. I loved working hard. I loved knowing that the more time that I put into something, the, the more that, that, that I would make. And I was kind of addicted at, at that point, and I was working nonstop. Um, that, that first year as it just a, a loan officer working by myself, I made over $225,000. Things were great. You know, my first 90 days working there, I bought a new house, bought my wife a new car, and things were, were moving right along. Now, just after a short period of time, I was only in that business for two years. I looked at my wife and I said, we can do this by ourselves. We don't, we don't need to be here. We don't need to uh, work for someone else. We can do this because my wife was still in the business. She understood all the back end processing of what it took to be able to, you know, close mortgages and get paid. So after a short two year period of time and people there again, thought I was crazy. They were like, why would you leave here? You're making so much money. Why, why would you go out on your own? Why would you take that kind of risk? And I was like, cause I, I can do this. I'm a hard worker. I know that if I just put my head down that we can do it. And I, I did it had really, I didn't have a whole bunch of uh, capital other than the money that I had saved up front. Uh, at that point I had very, very good credit. And so I kind of just risked everything and, and, and we jumped all in. And that's why when I got involved with this, it, it wasn't scary. I understood what it take to build a business because I had done it before. Um, back then, just getting that company off the ground, I tell you what, it was 10 times harder than I thought it would be. Um, it was a lot more hours than I thought it would be. It was a heck of a lot more money than I thought it would be, especially a guy that did not come from a, a, a business background, never ran a company, didn't have anyone around me that ran a company. Uh, wasn't really a, uh, so much an entrepreneur, wasn't a, around people that were entrepreneurs. So I didn't, really didn't have anyone to get advice from. But man, I spent a lot of money and, and made a lot, a lot of mistakes in the beginning. Um, before things really popped, we were about $400,000 in debt. And it was because I just kept going. I just kept putting money in. And I kept telling my wife, like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We just got to keep pushing forward. And then finally, things began to, to do very, very well. Things started to pop and we started making money. So much so that my biggest year in the mortgage business, once we've really got things up and running, you know, we had a lot of salespeople there um, and we had a big office uh, around where we live here in Maryland. 
Um, you know, my biggest year in 2008, I was able to W-2, and this is after all business expenses, after I paid all the staff, paid all the marketing, paid all costs, we W-2 just under $900,000. It was an amazing, uh, it was, it was an amazing year. We were able to completely get out of debt, paid off all the bills, and uh, that was in, in 2008. So a lot of things were crashing in 2008, but that was our, our biggest year in the business. Now, unfortunately, that didn't last very long because things started getting, uh, things started tightening up in the mortgage business. Things started really slowing down. And I remember making all that money in 2008 and in 2009, things dipped. You know, we, we were still pulling in 500000 and that was after all expenses. And I told my wife, you know, 500000 is still good money. We're okay. We can make it. We're good. And then uh, things really hit the fan in 2010, made $60,000 that year. And we were fighting, we were struggling to uh, keep things afloat. It was definitely a very, very difficult time. So if you can imagine to go through all that, you, you take all that risk, you go into that kind of debt, you finally get through the other end and, and you make just under 900,000. Now, my, my biggest problem and what I used to do back in the day was I always uh, said that the failure was a, a result of the market. It was a result of changes in the industry. But then as I, I got older, I, I started taking more of the responsibility for myself. I said, no, the real issue was I was making almost a million dollars a year, but I spent like I was making $10 million a year. Um, it took a long time where I beat myself up and you know I, I said, why did I do that? But you know what? I didn't come for money. There was no one there to counsel me. I didn't have anyone to talk to. I was young at the time, 34, 35 years old, you know, going through that that period of time, you know, in the mortgage business is making so much money, but I didn't know what to do because there was no one around me that I could talk to. You know, er everyone was your friend when you're making that kind of money, you're just spending like a damn fool and it all goes away. Um, I, I, I then struggled for a couple more years, um, started working for some banks, still making decent money, making $15,000 a month. It's after all expenses and everything. So it wasn't, it wasn't the end of the world. And again, most people would probably be, think 15000 is is good money. You would uh, want to stay in, in a business like that. But I knew that at that point, we're now talking 2014 after having some success in the mortgage business, making some great money, losing a lot of it, and then going through a very difficult time. I told my wife, I was like, I got to leave. I got to do something else. And she was like, you know, what, what are we going to do? You're, you, you understand, you know this business. Um, you know, what are you going to get involved with? I said, well, I, I met at that point, I knew I met Frank through a guy and I said, I'm gonna get involved in the insurance business. I then started doing it part-time. I was only doing it on weekends. So I'd work at the mortgage company Monday through Friday. And then I was just doing insurance on the uh, weekends. Um, but after a very short period of time, I realized that if I really wanted to, to do this, I just had to go all in. So I told my wife, I'm going to quit this and I'm going to work real hard. I'm going to figure out the the insurance business. The thing I, I skipped is when I left uh, the mortgage business, we had filed a, a million dollar biz, uh, chapter 11. So we filed a, a business bankruptcy and owed a bunch of money to the IRS. So people don't realize this. If you owe money to the IRS, you better make sure you pay that first. That money is not being discharged in a bankruptcy. That money has to be paid. But ended up filing this this million dollar uh, chapter eleven. Got involved in the uh, in the insurance business. At that point, it, it was a very crazy, difficult time in my life. You know, you file. It cost me over thirty thousand dollars to file bankruptcy. At that point, I also had to hand over fifty thousand dollars to the to the IRS, and also I had a monthly payment of them 
of uh, $1,500 a month. So we have so many people that get involved in, in this business, and it's kind of the reason why it's very difficult for me to hear any, any excuses. I just uh, got, I got in the business, I turned over almost all the money that I had, and then I'm strapped with a $1,500 payment. Then I get involved into a business that required um, investment and leads, um, you know, office expenses, um, all the other expenses that come along with, with owning a business, you know, you get involved with insurance, you are a business owner. So when, when, when I hear new people, they come aboard and they, they kind of give me what their excuses as to why you can't make it or why things are difficult. It's always very difficult for me to, to listen to that or to entertain it because I went through complete hell when I got into the business and was able to push through it. And it was, it, it was nothing more than just, you know, sheer hard work. It was just grit. I knew because of what I did before that if I just work hard enough, if I just kept going through it, that things would eventually get, get easier. It would get better. Well, we started having some, uh, some success. You know, I was in the business for 12 months and finally I was able to tell my wife, I, I promised her, I said, when I figure this thing out, you can quit your job. You don't have to, to keep working. And so after 12 months of doing this, um, she wasn't able to quit, but she did get fired um, for some ridiculous reason. But she did get fired, and I told her, I said, you don't need to go back to work. I'm okay. I got this. That, that again, was another difficult bump in the road. But rather than complain about it, just kind of work through it. Not only did she lose her job and the guaranteed money that we did have coming in, we also lost our health insurance. So not only did we lose the 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 you know fifty five thousand dollar year job, but then I got to pay you know fifteen hundred dollars a month for health insurance for the whole family. But again, I just pushed through it. I told her, I said, "We'll be okay. Um, you don't need to go back to work. I'm I'm working hard." And, and you know, at that point, the children were younger. They're in in um, school. I think one was in middle school, one was in high school. And I said, "It's easier for you anyway to be home, so you can take care of some things, and we'll just you know we'll figure it out. It'll allow me to work harder." and take all the the distractions away from what I'm doing. So that was kind of the agreement and that worked and we were able to do real well for a little bit. She, she did some admin work for me, but uh, for the most part, she was at home with the kids. And I tell you what, it's very, very simple. I don't want to say it's simple, but it's easier when you are working and you have someone at home that can kind of take care of everything for you. It takes a little bit of the stress off of, of what you're doing. We started having some success at that point. We started building a team, we had a team that was up at uh, $200,000 a month at that point, and this is in 2018. So uh, in 2018, I was made this uh, offer by an outside mortgage company. So this is a note for everyone in there. If you're looking around and you think that the grass is greener on the other side, please understand that it's not. Please understand that the grass is greenest where you water it the most. So you're, everyone that's here right now, if you're watching this and you're at Family First Life, you're certainly in the right vehicle. There's no need to go and look around and try to find something that's better. Take, take what I did and learn from my mistakes and realize that there isn't anything better. You just have to kind of take care of where you are right now. Get, get rid of the negativity. If things aren't going right, realize that it's all you. And when you start taking responsibility for everything that isn't working out for you, things begin to get a heck of a lot easier. So I was there for about a year. I came back in the end of 2019 and uh, came back with a, with a clear head, a clear mind, and realized that family first life, there is nothing like it. Again, just realized that if I want to find greener grass, I need to water where I am the most. And uh, I, I completely, I, I came back by myself with no one around me and just realized that I needed to put my head down again and go to work 
and work work real hard because that always served me best, you know, at anything that I ever did. When I had my W two job, I worked real hard. You know, I was going to college. Um, I stayed late. I did what I had to do and allowed me to get promotions at that company. And then when I got into the mortgage business in the beginning, I worked real hard. I was able to get ahead. I was able to buy a new house, take care of my my, my family, get my wife a new car. Um, then when we opened up the mortgage business, I worked real hard. Things were difficult, but I didn't quit. I didn't. I, I'm sure I complained back then. I don't remember any of those complaints, but I had to have to be four hundred thousand dollars in debt. But I just knew if I worked real hard, that things would get better. And then when I get involved in the insurance business in the very beginning, things were were difficult. I didn't have a bunch of money. My credit was horrible. I didn't have access to any outside. Um, you know, capital, no credit cards, anything to be able to help get things off the ground. But I, I just knew if I worked real hard that things would get better, I, I would get better and things would eventually get easier. And then I quit and then I came back. And then again, we we're in financial trouble because I was at a horrible company and uh, didn't make uh, any, any type of money there at all for no other reason than the culture, the leadership. It was just a terrible place to be. So I came back here, financial difficulty. And I worked real hard and realized that again, that I, I, if, I, if I did that, that I'd be able to get ahead. In doing that, when you come back and you are working real hard, especially if you're trying to build a team, you have to set the example for that team. You can't let them know the the difficulties, the struggles that you're going through as much as you want to because you want to share it. I, I think misery loves company, so it's kind of uh, it's kind of normal to want to talk to people around you, let them know that things aren't good. But I realized, and I learned a lot of this from Frank was that if, if, if you start sharing all that garbage that you're going through around other people, all it's going to do is bring them down. The people that are brand new coming here, they're, kind of, they're going through their own struggles. They're going through their own difficulties. And by you dumping all your difficulties on them, now they got to not only carry your burden, but now they're carrying their burden and they have to carry your burden. It's just going to bring them down. So all the stuff that I was going through, I kept it to myself. I just realized that if I ma- maintained a positive attitude, if I worked really, really hard, and I just set the example for the people that were around me that things would get better. And it took us exactly 23 months to go from zero and no money to be able to build an agency that was doing a million dollars in premium. So it's helping, you know, well over a thousand, uh, 10,000 families a month. So I guess my, my point of all of this is that I've been through many, many different struggles. I've done many different things. And to get through all of it, for me, it, it always just comes down to working hard. I think it's very, very simple to, to complain. It's very simple to blame all these different outside influences on, on, on why things aren't going right. But I think the day that you take responsibility for everything that isn't going right, and you decide that you're just going to give it all that you got, and you decide that this is going to be one thing that you're not going to quit, everything will begin to change for you. And I wish more people did that. Our failure rate in our industry is very, very high, but it's no different than the outside world. You know, 95% of all businesses fail. And when you get involved in the insurance industry, it is no different. You know, uh, I think it's one of the reasons why people do fail when they get involved in, in, in our industry is they come into this and they still have that W-2, that worker mindset. They've not crossed over into a business owner mindset. And that's one of the biggest reasons why people fail. And I can tell by the by the things that people say, rather than saying investing in leads, they say, do I have to buy leads? Or when people are talking, they're like, um, you know, it's a holiday, I need to take off. 
You know, those that, that's W-2 thinking. That's worker thinking versus being a business owner. You know, when you're a business owner, you look at leads as an investment. You look at, um, you know, holidays, J- J- July 4th, Memorial Day, those type of holidays. You don't look at them as, I, I have a day off. You look at it as a day that you can come in and get ahead. So that that's one of the main reasons why I believe that people do fail. They just uh, They just fail to adopt a new mindset. And when you get involved and you become an entrepreneur, it's more of changing your mindset and changing your thinking. And when you start doing all those things, everything else begins to change. So, uh, you know, I'll finish that up with saying when I talk to people when I'm uh, recruiting and bringing people into the business, I always let people know right off the bat. When I used to recruit, I used to always talk about, you know, how great the opportunity was, how great our comp was. And I was selling people on the opportunity. But now I just let people know that, hey, here's really the three reasons why I believe people fail when they get into the business. One, they fail to adopt a business owner mindset. They still have an old worker W2 mindset. Two, they don't invest in their business each and every week. They, they, they want to kind of stretch out that investment and, and that doesn't work. You have to invest each and every week, even when it's uncomfortable, you have to do it. And then three people fail to maintain a schedule, whether it's a part-time schedule or a full-time schedule, they fail to do that each and every week. Someone calls and asks them to do something. The first thing that they're willing to do is just not work. And you can't do that. When you own a business, you have to give it all you got. and You got to continue to work, especially if things aren't going the way that you want them to go. You have to work harder. So if, if you understand those three things, I think it will allow you to have success in the business and take it from someone that did not come from this type of background, someone that came from, you know, a, a very, very underprivileged uh, family you know, didn't have much of anything at all, came from a family of five. I don't think my father earned any more than $30,000 a year. Um, You know, so I did not come from this type of thinking. It was something that I had to learn along the way. And I was always, once I I got into uh, owning a business, it was something that I had to constantly do. And I'm still doing it every single day. I'm constantly listening to, to books when I'm in my car. I'm constantly watching YouTube videos, um, I don't watch television. I kind of lock out, knock out all the the you know the news that's on TV at night. I don't watch a whole lot of television. Um, I'm always trying to improve myself and get better because I do realize that where I'm at today, there is another level that I need to get to, and the only way that I'm going to get to that is by changing the way that I think. Obviously, every decision that I've made in my life has led me to where I am today. So for me to get to that next level. I need to change the way that I think. I need to change the person that I am. And only when I do that will allow me to get to that next level in my life. So I hope what I share with you today uh, helped. I hope it helps one person out there, you know, make that decision to work a little bit of work a little bit harder, change the way that you think and realize that you can do it too. I believe that I can do it. The situations that I came from, the background that I came from, I believe if I can do it. I believe that anyone can do it if they are just willing to change the way they think they're willing to stay positive and they're willing to work hard so everyone make it a great day